0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. But there is no question that Trump has a big win. He's got a big win in Iowa. Are we going to pretend that it's not big? Are we going to pretend that somehow it isn't what it is? That'd be that'd be a crazy thing to do. 51% in iowa the problem is is that they called this thing what 33 minutes in into the caucuses they're 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 calling it hey trump wins what do you mean trump wins these people haven't even sat down yet they haven't had a chance to take off their coats get their first cup of cocoa you're already calling a winner that is that is nutty stuff but maybe not as nutty As the response from Nikki Haley. When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and beyond, I can safely say tonight made this Republican primary a two-person race. She came in third, everybody. It's a... There's a lot to digest there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Go be a supporter. Let's make sure we understand what it is that she's saying and, and and why it is that she says it's a two-person race uh, Nikki Haley it's because she's taking a look at New Hampshire and South Carolina and saying so you're telling me there's a chance now in in her defense she can actually say that she has polled within 7 points of Trump in New Hampshire which is the 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 smallest spread that Anybody has seen in, in, in this race. And in South Carolina, she's the former governor. She thinks that she's going to be able to have some pull there. South Car- I'm sorry, New Hampshire has Trump 43, Haley 29. Uh, they still have Christie at 11, DeSantis at 6.5. I mean, Santos is far behind, but his play was never New Hampshire. Do well in Iowa, get to South Carolina, force yourself some action on Super Tuesday. That's a really hard one for him to pull off at this stage of the game. Incredibly difficult for him to pull off at this stage uh, of the game. But for Nikki Haley, it's not that nuts. It's not that nuts. no, 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 don't don't confuse issues. I'm not saying she's gonna be the nominee. Trump has got all this momentum. I mean, the polling had him, and real clear politics average, had him at 52.5%. He won by 51. The polls were dead on for him. So so if, if it's dead on in Iowa, let's start making a conclusion that it's dead on everywhere. It's dead on in New Hampshire. It's dead on in South Carolina. For Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley underperformed in Iowa. It's Ron DeSantis who overperformed by about 5.5 points. I think it was, but we'll, ha- we'll have to discuss DeSantis in a completely different methodology. What did Iowa tell us? What is it that we see from this that, that, that is important to understand? Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple things uh, if, if, if you don't mind. Uh, the, the, the first things first, it is obvious that Trump amongst the base is as popular as the base said he was. Now, if you say to me, Tony, 51% went for Trump, but 49% went a different direction, we now have to ask ourselves does that 49% now coalesce around some alter- alternate candidate, some contrarian candidate, if you will? And is that person really Nikki Haley? Or does a a group of that 49%, let's say half, say, all right, Trump's the guy. I wanted to get somebody else. I thought it'd be an easier lift for the general election. All right, Trump's the guy. We're done. Which one is more likely? I'm not saying the first scenario isn't possible. I'm saying the second scenario is clearly more probable. It's clearly more probable. And when something is clearly more probable, I think you gotta start playing in that direction. And that direction says Trump is is the nominee. This is where I'll start. What's your plan? It's, it's my question to every Trump supporter out there who was yelling and screaming that none of this matters and all these other candidates should get out and DeSantis is, isn't even loyal. What do you mean loyal? What the, what the, what conversation is this Regarding loyalists, it's it's one of the silliest things that has ever come up. You want to run for president, you run for president. You don't owe anybody anything. Of course you can run for president. Nobody was more supportive of of, uh, Donald Trump than Vivek Ramaswamy. And then you've got Leo Terrell who you often see on Fox, does he still spend time with Hannity? He's spent a lot of time uh, with with Sean Hannity. And he makes this video as if uh, on command to say, hey, Trump supporters, don't get sucked in by that Vivek Ramaswamy. I'll tell you what, you can't trust that guy at all or in any single way. And he makes this this video, and this video is not not necessarily nice. (laughs) Wasn't necessarily kind. I've said it for the last three weeks. You cannot trust Vivek. He is not a Trump supporter. He's a Trump hater. This guy is in the race to hurt Donald Trump. Vivek is only interested in Vivek. He uses Trump's slogans to trick you. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. I know the game. I've read this guy. This guy is a slick con man. Vivek is not in the race for Trump or for America. Vivek got out of the race and has endorsed Donald Trump and will be in New Hampshire to endorse him. So the Trump supporter is certainly somebody who is uh, hardcore and hard edged. And and we should be clear uh, where where, where I'm at, so so you know. I I was a DeSantis cat. I thought DeSantis would make it easier to win the general election. I think a general election with Donald Trump is a heavy lift. I, I never questioned whether or not Trump was popular. I'm discussing winning. Because I don't know about you, I don't really give a damn about Donald Trump's personality and I don't know why other people do. And I don't understand this conversation. God placed him here to be here at this moment. That's not the way it works. And as a matter of fact, that's super creepy. People used to say that about Ted Cruz. You know, Glenn Beck used to say that about Ted Cruz. I was, I was always like, that's just, that's just the weirdest thing in the world. That is, that is an, I think, an ugly thing to say. You don't vote for this guy. You're going against God. That's an ugly, ugly thing to say. People in the party view Trump as a fighter. And certainly, whether you were a Trump guy or not, you understand that these indictments are all about political uh, interference and election interference. Every last bit of it is about election interference. And any other argument is laughable. It is provable on the Jack Smith side. It's certainly provable on the Fannie Willis in, in Atlanta side in this Rico predicate where she's hiring her lover uh, to, do the, uh, to do the prosecution. Oh, you want to prosecute? Okay, I'll pay you $100 an hour less. But my lover, he's going to get the full freight because after all, my lover. I, I like using the term lover. It's a, it's a, I think, I, I think it's underutilized. That's all I'm saying. This is all election interference. The reason the cases were brought now, complete and total election interference and to say otherwise is laughable. Someone's hatred of Trump is not to, uh, uh, a, a maneuver to remove reality. Bringing the cases now is about interfering with the election. These people should be damn well ashamed of themselves, starting with Joe Biden working with their way down. However, these people have no shame. Here we are right now. You think Trump's the guy with no shame? Stop. Stop. Sometimes you just sound silly. But the Trump supporter believes that because they support Trump, everybody does. Because they support Trump It's all going to be about Trump, but everyone's going to be behind Trump and the country's going to be behind Trump. I have not seen proof of that, but I don't think I have to be the guy to show you, you show me. Let's argue that my second theory is true, that the odds are that the 49% who voted against Trump, at least half of them will come over to Trump because they'll be like, okay, he's the nominee. It's done. Now, tell me about how you're going to win. Tell me about how you win a general. Tell me about how you win a general election. Because I want to win. I don't want to praise. Now, I get that, that amongst a, a, a certain set, what I am, I am discussing and how I go about it is just a downright heresy. Right? I, I get that. Allow me to look you square in the eye and say, eh, I sleep fine. I'm asking the right question, I think everybody else has got their heads so far up their own or somebody else's, butt they're not even thinking about the question, they don't even know how to look for the question. How do you win a general? What's the plan? I asked this about getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. For what bloody good reason do you get rid of Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House? You had no plan afterwards. You then find Mike Johnson because he's the only guy who didn't have a freaking enemy in the House, and then he's putting together the same policy prescriptions regarding spending bills that McCarthy would have. I'll ask again, what's the plan for getting Donald Trump over the finish line? I am mortified By the idea that, well, he's just great. Well, Biden's just old. Now, Biden is old and that is part of a strategy, but it's only part of a strategy, especially when you consider that the Democratic Party will replace him. Are we are we taking bets? Do I where I got I got some cash. Am I the only guy who still carries cash? Am I the only guy? I, I just dropped it. I'm the only guy who kills, still carries cash in this country. What are we betting on that Biden's going to be the nominee? Uh, tell me how you visualize that. Tell me how a guy who goes to a coffee shop in Pennsylvania and absolutely did not know how to walk up to the counter and place an order is talking to young girls and as creepy as can be. Tell me how this guy is going to get through the convention and be the nominee. The Democratic Party is, is crazy. They're not deranged, right? They're deranged. They're not crazy. Got it. Thank you. Of course, they're going to replace them. So that conversation is going to be a lot harder to deal with. Now, I, I, I would say to you that my advice starts with what is ahead, not what is behind. Trump may want to relitigate 2020 all he wants. And there are conversations regarding the election of 2020 where I do not believe he is wrong at all. But to win, one has to look forward. There are subjects with which Joe Biden and Democrats should be tasked with, look at what they have done. When you take a look at entrance polls for the Iowa caucuses, one of the things that you see that before the economy, topping the economy on things people are thinking about, immigration. The border is a violent hellscape, lawless, and this administration not only does nothing, they get angry when you think of something. When you notice, they get angry. When you want to make a move, they get angry. When you've got a policy prescription, they get angry. Then you have Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, complaining about the broken immigration system. And nothing moved to fix it. And no screaming and yelling at Congress to get something done. So the discussion of illegal immigration, the violence, and Trump knows how to do this. He did this in his acceptance yesterday. That is an absolutely key piece to the puzzle of how you connect with uh, those blue dog Democrats, with independents, etc. That's one. Uh, Number two is the economy, of course. We have seen with the Consumer Price Index at 3.9%, inflation is not out of the way. Inflation is right here at 3.9%, double the Fed target of 2%. That is a subject of Biden policy, Democrat policies, and Democrat failures. They are overspenders, and they think that their money is your money, and your their money is your money, and your money is their money? No, no, no. Their money is their money, and your money is their money. There we go. And you are entitled to keep your money. Now, this actually connects to a really interesting story in the Wall Street Journal about black people who are investing more in Wall Street. Remind me to get to that, because it's, it's, it's fascinating, and Republicans don't talk about these things because Republicans don't know how to talk at all. And the third one is war. We are at war with Iran because Iran is at war with us. We see this from the Houthi rebels. We see this from the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps engaging in attack near a U.S. consulate in Iraq. We're at war with Iran, and Joe Biden did this because Joe Biden doesn't deter anything. It isn't that the United States military is not a deterrent. It is that Joe Biden is weak. There are three ways... Three uh things that Trump can do to talk about going forward to win twenty twenty four and he can avoid conversations of relitigation because relitigation is going to hurt him, and everybody needs to get their head straight. Trump is popular with half the base he is not popular with half the country he's gonna have to go earn it, so for all those Trump supporters. What's your plan? How do you plan on winning? How do you get them over the finish line? If you haven't started thinking about that, honestly, what good is the fandom? I'm Tony Katz. So we are at war with Iran. We're at war with Iran because Iran is at war with us. And there are far too many people who are somehow of the opinion that uh, magically, magically, uh, that's, that's not the case. There are far too many people who are of the belief that um, Iran is, is somehow contained. No, they're not. Iran is the supporter of the Houthi rebels. Iran is the supporter of Hamas. They are the sponsors of terrorism. They are the the, the, the lead murderers and the lead cheerleaders of, of, of uh, murderers. So what, what else is there except recognizing that? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Iran bombs U.S. consulate in Iraq, takes credit in massive escalation. That is uh, their, their, their basics. This attack that took place goes along with the attacks that the, the, the Houthis have been engaged in on ships, uh, on, on, on others. They've been sending missiles into Israel, being shot down by Iron Dome or, or, or U.S. warships. Several civilians, as reported by, reported by the Jerusalem Post, believed to have died in the attack. And this coming from the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, who took credit for this. It's imperative to know that going into a presidential election, that we are a nation at war. And it's imperative to know that so much of this was wholly avoidable through strength, but it is Joe Biden who has absolutely none. Biden offers no strength. Biden offers no ability to counteract because he believes that somehow, some way, some magical, mystical way that a negotiation can take place. It is part of the sickness that came from Barack Obama in wanting to have an Iran nuclear deal and an Iran deal for this and an Iran deal for that and we can find a way and we can do this. Such love for Iran. And he put Ben Rhodes out there and everybody else with such insane love for Iran. For what purpose? For what value? We got nothing out of it. Iran nuclear deal? You didn't know they were going to get a nuclear weapon? It never, ever was going to stop them. We get out of it under Trump and Biden immediately wants back in. Then Biden says things like, we've spoken to Iran. They know not to do anything. And now they're bombing uh, American consulates or near American consulates, which means they don't even know how to aim. This is on Biden. We are at war and we should know it. I'm Tony Katz. Let us now discuss how it is that the Biden administration has failed so epically on a conversation about humanity. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony eight three three four six eight. 8669, uh, of course, if you're checking out the live stream, you can leave a comment uh, there on any of the platforms or rumble.com slash Tony Katz. You have, of course, a progressive thought process that states that Israel is the problem, not Hamas. And, and you know that this is true because none of these Jew-hating bigots None of them uh, say that Hamas should stop. None of them say that Hamas is guilty. And when they do say it, it is couched in between a a uh, condemnation of Israel and then a irrational idea of what Israel must do. Israel must Im- immediately engage in a ceasefire. How does that work? They're still being attacked by Hamas, a terrorist organization that murdered 1,200 of their people, raped others, burned people alive, and now you want them to have it happen again. What else could a ceasefire possibly do? Well, what's happening is, is that the people of Gaza are starving and they don't have access to food or water. Or When did it become Israel's responsibility to provide them food or water? When did that become Israel's responsibility? There is no responsibility under any Geneva Convention or anything else for a nation to provide aid and comfort to their enemy doesn't exist. And Hamas, a terrorist organization, certainly doesn't care if the people of Gaza die or starve. Bernie Sanders screaming and yelling and carrying on about how uh, uh, the the, the people of Gaza are are starving. It's awful. Don't think that I've lost somehow my soul here. I seem to be amongst these progressives the only person who has a soul at all uh, because I'm not a progressive. I get that it's a horror show and it would end if Hamas was done. It would end if Hamas was finished. It would end if Hamas was destroyed. It would end. So let's talk about ending Hamas, but they never ever do that. They don't talk about ending Hamas. They don't talk about Hamas surrendering. They talk about only Israel doing this, Israel doing that, and Israel doing the other. This is their bigotry at play. This is who they are. Today, there is a plan. The plan is to have this massive walkout. I don't know, uh, Check producer, Jason, has it happened yet? A walkout of Biden's staff members because they don't like how it is this administration is dealing with Israel. They're not being, they're, has it happened, Jason? Okay, not yet, not yet. It, the, how, how dare uh, this administration be in any way supportive of Israel? They're not really. How dare uh, they, they, they not demand a, a ceasefire? So staffer, staffers are, are like children. They should be seen and not heard, except the difference between a staffer and a child is that a child is at least cute. Staffers should barely be seen and never be heard. Your job is not to embarrass your boss. And all of a sudden, these staffers in today's world, these staffers believe that they have got opinions and their, their, their opinions matter. No one, no one gives a damn about a staffer's opinion. Dear staffer, no one cares about you at all. Get your boss's coffee. Understand the policy so you can explain it to them. Then shut it. That's how completely unimportant you are to us. You might be very important to your boss. I don't say no to that. But not to me. And I don't want to hear your opinion. I didn't ask for your opinion. I didn't vote for your opinion. I don't give a damn about your opinion. I didn't say you weren't entitled to an opinion. But your opinion happens over there, away from the workplace. In the workplace, don't embarrass your boss. Don't have an opinion. And don't think you're allowed to have a walkout so you can speak out against the president. Quit. Join the private sector like a grown-up. And then talk all you want. Then go back to mom's basement or wherever it is you live. That's right, a mom's basement joke. You don't deserve any better. They're going to do a walkout. Speaker Mike Johnson has stated, if they walk out, fire them. Fire the people who walk out, any federal workers who take part in this. I could not agree more with that. But I think we need to take a second look at this, and 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 my. My look, my 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 view, doesn't somehow, uh magically come, um, because I I'm I'm Jewish. It's not, you know. I was at a uh, conference, and so this this was over a year ago. I was at a conference. I won't say where. I won't say with who. I'm sitting at a table of five. It's dinner. It's outdoors. It's beautiful out. Uh, and, and and I'm listening to two people talk. It was a white man, it was a black woman, and the black woman is explaining to the white man who's listening earnestly, respectfully, but I don't think was buying into everything that this woman said. This was two years ago, so George Floyd is well underway and, and everything else, and uh, what's happened across the country and the destruction of cities where no one seemed to mind those riots. Those riots were okay uh and and but you know i'll i was gonna make a comment but i'll save it uh and she's saying that you know these the these, these there's a lot of white people who don't really understand i'm trying to teach them you know i i could really uh help them understand this bigotry and the, and the race issues if they would just let me i am not a silent guy kids I do six hours of radio a day. I do a morning show in Indianapolis. We have the syndicated midday show across Indiana we're trying to build. I have Eat Drink Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show, which is heard uh, in, in, on stations all across uh, the country on, on weekends. You know, I do TV work and other things and I have uh, more coming in 2024. I'm not a silent guy, but I'm sitting there at this, at this dinner and I am, I am quiet. And I'm aware that I'm quiet. There's a moment where I'm kind of outside my own body, watching the conversation, watching me watch the conversation like, what? Because I realize there's something happening in the conversation that's wrong, but I don't know what it is. <coughs> Not the ridiculousness of a bigotry, bigotry everywhere. No, no, no. Something was wrong with what was being said, and I couldn't. I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't touch what it was. And it was driving me, it was driving me nuts. What was it? What was the thing that was that was happening? Months later, I realized that the problem was this woman believed that she could teach others about race. Because she believed that the only characteristic one needed was a specific skin color. I now take that story and relate it to my conversation regarding Israel. I do not believe that because I am Jewish, I somehow have more of an understanding of what's going on in Israel and what's going on with these Jew-hating bigots called the Squad and in the Biden administration than you if you're not Jewish. It would be insane to think that because of the blood that runs through my veins, therefore I have, for example, a better understanding of the Holocaust than somebody who has spent their life studying the Holocaust. That would be a ridiculous concept. My existence does not provide within me an expertise. And it didn't for this woman. It doesn't. That's not real. So the idea that I look at something and am disgusted by it is not somehow different than you looking at that and being equally, if not actually more, disgusted. Of course you can be. This walkout idea is, of course, rooted in Jew hatred, and it is rooted in wanting destruction. I think the, 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 the biggest, mis- it's not misconception, that's not the right word, Tony, how about just miss the biggest miss in the conversation re- regarding uh, Hamas, regarding these terrorists and these terrorist supporters, and they are terrorist supporters, by the way. They are what they are. These pro Hamas folk who gather where they gathered. Uh, this is a uh, 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 Sloan Kettering, a cancer hospital in New York, pediatric cancer center the Jew-hating mob started marching in front because shame on Sloan Kettering for supporting Israel. Listen to me, Hamas lovers. It's not my fault that Jews create medical equipment that keep people alive, and the only thing you Hamas-loving freaks have ever created is another bomb that doesn't work and hits the only hospital you have in your city. It's not my fault. It's your fault. Maybe demand the creation of hospitals. You drive through a city, and you will often see on one of the buildings the Jewish hospital. It happens in Louisville. You go into Louisville, you get, you go over from Indiana, my beloved Indiana, in in into Louisville. You cross the Ohio River. You're like that's a river, and then boom, Jewish hospital. You know what? You never see Hamas hospital. You never, you never see that, do you? Stunning how that how that works. Shocking. Uh, as a matter of fact. This isn't just about hating Jews, and this isn't just about hating Israel. This is 1000% about hating you. And for those who who listen uh, on on the regular to my radio show, you've heard me say this before. It almost sounds like a repetition. This is different. Allow me. The people who want to burn it all down. Never mind burn Israel all, all down. Burn Western civilization, burn America down to the ground. They are the staffers engaged in the walkout. The call is coming from inside the house. They're letting you know who they are and what they are about, what it is they believe, and how it is they believe it. They're telling you, they're showing you, they're sharing it with you. Now, what's your plan? When we talk about draining the swamp, which, which I have uh, zero issue with, uh, I only have an issue with not getting it done. I will not accept not getting it done. There is a really important thing within institutions about the idea of institutional knowledge. And, and this is true, for example, in, in, in nursing in, in a very, very dangerous way. When you see nurses leave, when you see nurses head out, You're losing an unbelievable amount of uh, skill, not skill, including skill, but this knowledge of how things work and operate that shaves seconds off of saving lives, which means more lives saved how certain doctors like certain things, how things actually operate within the hospital, where things are and why they are, and why if you can't find it in place A, why you should actually talk to person B and look in place C, and how you can pre-think these things and actually have things flowing and moving so you can save eight seconds here and two seconds here and five seconds there so you don't have to wait for the consult this, you've already called in for that, and lives get saved and efficiencies increase. That's what institutional knowledge does. And institutional knowledge, when it, when it is uh, kicked around and, and, and knocked out, man, it takes a while to build that back. So when we take a look at the institutions, it's, 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 it's very clear that institutional knowledge matters in how these things are run. But the institutional knowledge, let's say at the State Department, isn't about how the State Department is run. It's about how the State Department is, feel the air quotes, run. Same thing with the FBI. Same thing with a host of organizations. And if you're going to drain the swamp, you have to accept the fact that you're going to lose that institutional knowledge. But in this case, that's a plus because you have to get rid of the ridiculousness and the sickness. And if you have two or 200 or 2,000 staffers walk out because they support Hamas, they don't just want to burn Israel down, they want to burn America down, you fire them on the spot. As a lesson to everybody else. Now you'll notice I didn't say hang them. This isn't some Mel Gibson Braveheart movie. You fire them. These are not people worthy of representing America. They're not decent enough to know their role as a staffer. You want to be the guy? Go be the guy. Go be the guy. Go get elected. Then you can be the guy. You say anything you want. People might even give you money for it. Who knows? When you're a staffer, no, but this is what they think. And these are the people who behind the scenes run the institutions. Have you ever been uh, to Capitol Hill? If you've ever been uh, to DC and been in a, a house office building, you will note that Congress is run by children. Children run Congress. It is surreal. It's crazy town. You won't believe your eyes. How is this possible? That children run this place. Well, they do. They one hundred percent do. And, and if you don't understand this, you're, you're well, you're out of your mind. Biden should be disgusted and Biden should look to removing these people. But Biden's a guy who doesn't get told by his uh, Secretary of Defense that he's going to be having a surgery. Biden doesn't fire that guy either. The election in November matters more than we all are willing to let on. And that's why winning is the only thing that matters. I want to win. Because these people want all of us to lose i'm tony katz we will have that coming up and most importantly why was the media calling the caucuses for trump 33 minutes into the caucuses that's insane we'll get into that as well this is tony katz today